The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The SB Nation NFL Show. Super Bowl Roundtable. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. We've got another edition of the Super Bowl Roundtable. I'm joined by Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride and Jason Markham of Cincy Jungle. I am Steven Serta. Fellas, we're only a couple of days away from the big game. As we did when we chatted earlier in the week, Jason, I want to kind of get a gauge for what it's like with your fan base community at Cincy jungle as the week's gone on. And I feel like everything that I'm reading, listening to paying attention to when it comes to this game, a lot of people are really, really leaning heavy on the Los Angeles Rams and kind of counting out the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Like I feel like they have been all playoffs so far. So I I just want to test the, uh, the temperature of the Bengals fan base and make and see if everybody's still confident headed into this game. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's riding on cloud nine still, and everyone's just sky-high confidence after, you know, they beat the top-seeded Tennessee Titans in their own building, then they beat the Chiefs. So I, I would definitely – I would say this game, the winning at Kansas City was a lot tougher than beating the Rams. Not that to say the Rams aren't going to be a tough matchup, especially with their defensive line and, you know, their ability, they're just loaded with talent everywhere. But uh, I think everyone's still happy. Just still kind of enjoying the journey, enjoying being there, and – I've seen a lot of Bengals fans flooding uh, Los Angeles. They they've been traveling like I've never seen them travel before. I mean, they they're really living this up. I think it's really great to see from a Kansas City perspective because I I feel like Kansas City had been on the come up for so long, and you kind of know what that feeling is like here. And it was decades and decades since they had drafted a quarterback, and to see another franchise and one that I think has been tortured for so long. Yeah, I, I would. do we want the Chiefs in there? Of course, but I, I think it's such a good story to see for Cincinnati. I was remembering before I came into the roundtable, and Jason, I'll ask you this. Wasn't there a story recently, I don't know how recently it was, where there was a fan that trapped himself on a rof until the Bengals won, or was that the Browns? Maybe I'm, am, I, am I thinking of the wrong team? No, that was the Bengals in the 2018 season when they didn't have a win. <laughs> they, they were like 0-12, like, yeah. And I was thinking about that, and I'm like, Think about that. This wasn't that long ago, the roof guy, right? And yeah. for them to have one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, and you have the other story on the other side of Matt Stafford, who himself has been tortured. And I think there's going to be a lot of Detroit Lions fans backing the Rams for that reason. 
what's really cool about this thing, again, I, I want to reiterate, taking the Kansas City heartbreak out of it, what's really cool about this thing is either way, you're going to have a great story when you get the winner. And I think you've seen the storylines and the talking heads really leaning into both sides of that this week. I do want to remind you guys that the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Jason, I want to get your take on some of the Zach Taylor slander we've been hearing <laughs> this season or this season, this week. All he's done so far is, you know, they went through a, a rebuild. They got their franchise quarterback. You got Jamar Chase and, and credit to Zach Taylor as a coach. While I don't think necessarily like schematically and the way he dials things up, he's necessarily the most innovative head coach or anything like that in the NFL. But credit to him. He has just taken what has been given to him and said, I trust you guys. I trust you guys to go make plays. This is Joe Burrow's team, not necessarily Zach Taylor's team. And I think you can see that in a lot of ways in the way that they played this season and the way Joe Burrow has just put him put them on his back at times. So I, I, I just wanted to talk to you about that. Do you think that Zach Taylor gets unfair criticism for the way he runs things with Cincinnati? Or, or do you think that we're underestimating what Zach Taylor is as a coach? Uh, in the scope of just this year, I think it's unfair because, I mean, just, again, where the Bengals have been the last two years and how far they've come under him, he deserves a lot of credit this year. I thought he should have been more a stronger contender for Coach of the Year. But uh, if we're looking at him as a whole, like going back to his first two years, I, I understand the criticism. I mean, it's hard to forget about two and 14 and then last year four and 11 and one. That That's hard to forget about. And uh but even though when they were losing it, the most consistent thing they did was they fought hard for him. I mean, they were going to and 14 and losing like every game by a touchdown. It was the, even, even at their worst, the team just kept fighting it for him because I think you kind of said it that he trusts them. He empowers them. And for that, they believe in him and they want to keep playing for him no matter what their record is. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but the NFL honors are, are tonight. Right. And I, I thought about Jason's point just from a second ago about the coach of the year thing. Do we need to give some thought to voting for this after the postseason? Because tonight they're going to give Aaron Rodgers the MVP, and it really feels like he doesn't deserve that anymore. And then you think about the coach of the year. What was it going to go to Mike Vrabel? And maybe he doesn't deserve that. Probably should go to Zach Taylor. So I don't know. I Sometimes I, I look at these awards at the end of the year, and they are for the regular season. But I, I think there's a bigger question of, like, maybe we should wait uh, on those things because I think the voting uh, would have changed for that. I, I think Zach Taylor truly is the coach of the year, and, he, and he's not going to get that award tonight. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Mike Vrabel, <laughs> like, he's the easy answer because you're like, oh, they lost Derrick Henry. But there's no other team in the NFL that would lose a running back, and we'd be like, oh, he deserves coach of the year for getting the number one seed <laughs> in the AFC for losing his starting running back. And the and the Titans were that team all year long where we were like, it doesn't make any sense how they keep winning games. We don't get it. They're, they're, they're not that good. And so he gets the nod because – they performed over expectation because they just weren't a very good football team. I'd be totally fine with Zach Taylor getting it after you went on one of the most improbable Super Bowl runs that I could think of in recent memory. I'd be fine with Zach Taylor getting the coach of the year. award. You know, speaking of Taylor and, and the Bengals offense and all the firepower, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I I've gotten over my, my, 
you know, not feeling good about watching this game. I am starting to get excited about it. And I don't I, I'm curious, Jason, for you, like, are you expecting this to be a a all out shootout? I mean, this seems like two offenses that really could go blow for blow. No, I, well, I, I went more with a slight defensive struggle. Um, okay. I, actually, for our round table, I, pre- I predicted the Rams to win 27-22, but in a game, they're up like 27-16 with a minute left, and the Bengals get one touchdown to kind of e- – make it look closer but uh so you're going against you're going against your own your own squad in this one you don't think they could overcome the rams i i'm just going with you know i i still have that titans game burned into my retina and just thinking like what that was like <laughs> and then what it's going to be like with Vaughn miller and aaron donald just i i, I, I was out during these playoffs i would joke with people it's like yeah i'd like to see the Bengals win but you know it's not necessarily a bad thing if they don't play the super bowl and he gets murdered by aaron donald and miller i mean it's been a great run, but if Joe Burrow dies because he's just been literally crushed by those two, it's not going to be very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm looking to bet this game, and I haven't bet on it yet. I don't really know which way I'm going to go. I predicted the Rams would be in the Super Bowl at this point. Um, I, I kind of feel like maybe I should stick on that side. But what's been weird about it, and I, I've said it on these shows, is I picked the Raiders, and then I picked the Titans, and then I picked the Chiefs, and I've looked dumb every single time. At what, at what point do I have to look myself in the mirror and say, no, you know what? Um Maybe the Bengals are not a year or two early. Maybe they're just right on time. And I, I think maybe it's it's realizing that, Steve. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this game. And I, I agree with you, Jason. I think it should be the Rams. Like, we shouldn't overanalyze this. Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Len, Leonard Floyd are going to give that offensive line problems. But I keep picking against the Bengals and they keep proving me wrong. And so I keep going back and forth where I'm like, yeah, but everybody's on the Rams. Everybody's picking the Rams this week and saying the Bengals just aren't going to be able to put it all together. And the Bengals keep finding ways to do that. So I'm kind of talking myself into the Bengals, especially because it just seems to be consensus Rams. Like everybody is just like the Rams are going to dominate this football game. And I don't always go with the flow. And so I'm kind of just like, I'm going Bengals because everybody thinks the Rams are just going to dominate. And Matthew Stafford's going to wind up coming out here and having like a four interception game or something. You know, that's the difference to me. The key difference between Stafford and Burrow this year, Stafford can have a bad quarter and it, and it more likely turns into a bad game. Burrow. It just seems like nothing bothers him at all and it and it and it was almost horrifying for kansas Cityans to watch with him you know not really playing necessarily all that well in the first half and i mean you saw the, even the game before where and jason i know you know this well with the nine sacks on him and him just dusting himself off and i think in a super bowl with everything on the line i gotta think i mean we haven't seen him in a super bowl yet but i gotta think that that kind of attitude uh can translate so like I don't know. I think these two teams are evenly matched. I tend to think it's going to be this blow to blow for blow shootout. However, I'll say this. I think because of that quarterback fact where like, even though Stafford has been a great quarterback in this league, I just don't trust him right now. The way they're playing as much as I do burrow. I think the only way this is a blowout win is if it's a blowout win actually for Cincinnati. I think it's either Cincinnati wins in a blowout, a Cincinnati close win, or what would be a Rams one, maybe two possession win. uh, Jason, as you were kind of predicting yourself. So, you, you touched on Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow there, and I want to talk to you guys about the quarterbacks in this game because 
I do feel like there's a sense of both these quarterbacks are really good. Joe Burrows, the young quarterback, Matthew Stafford is the older veteran who kind of wasted his career in Detroit instead of trying to leave earlier and making his career into something more than it is at this point because of all the time that he spent there just losing. I'm curious, Jason, how you feel about Joe Burrow. Like, let's say the Bengals get this thing done on Sunday uh, against the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. They they actually win a Super Bowl championship, which was just totally unexpected, I, I think, coming into this season. How do you view Joe Burrow moving forward, and how should everybody else view Joe Burrow moving forward? Because right now he's looked at as this really young, talented quarterback who's on the rise, but not necessarily – a quarterback who's in that upper echelon of like the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes category just yet. Yeah. I, I think right now he's probably right on the edge of being like in the top five. I, w- I would still probably go with like Mahomes, Allen Rodgers. Um, trying to think who else, maybe even Dak, like, and I, and uh, Lamar Jackson, it's like another one. I mean, that's too close if you go for overall career, but uh the AFC is so loaded with quarterbacks. I mean, it's just like he might be a top five quarterback, but the four guys ahead of him are all in the AFC. So, but just overall, the Bengals fans are just super, super confident with him. Like he just has an unbelievable swagger and confidence that he exudes or like he spreads into his teammates that they, it's not just like Zach Taylor wanting to fight for him. It's they want to fight for Joe Burrow too. Like, he has all the confidence of the world and they have all the confidence in the world in him. And I, I think that's the best factor I would say right now about Burrow is just how, how he's able to make, make his entire team more confident, like help them go on a run like this and make them believe when no one believed in them. I, I, I think this about Joe Burrow, like I try to separate the two different worlds that we li- we've lived in this year, right? It's before the 2021 20, NFL season and it's today. So, you know, you think about before the season, Steve, if I said to you, hey, Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the league, you know, coming back from this injury, you would have said, Pete, you're, you're being an idiot. And you would have been right. And, and that would have been stupid. And you probably could name, I would say, fairly maybe five to nine-ish quarterbacks that you probably and take I, before Joe Burrow. I would have questioned <laughs> Joe Burrow's arm strength somewhere. In yeah, but before the season. Now, we truly live in a world where – you have fans in Cincinnati being like, I wouldn't take any other quarterback in the league. And we went from that being crazy to like kind of being reasonable. And this guy's in his second year and it's been a year and a half. And it, and I, I just think that is, is such a reward. And I, I mentioned, I keep mentioning the chiefs. I cover the chiefs, uh, Kansas city waited so long for that guy and they got it. They got their guy. And I think it's just so uh, much better of a league when Cincinnati is relevant, A, but good. And it's just, I, I think there's just su- such an element that we haven't had for so long in the Super Bowl, um, maybe dating to the Nick Foles Eagles, or if you want to say the, the Giants teams before that, of like, man, this team came out of nowhere. And I think once in a while, that makes for a really fun story. Yeah, it's, I'm leaning more and more towards Joe Burrow kind of being that, top five caliber quarterback whether he wins this thing or not 
But then, as Jason mentioned, you just look at the AFC. Like, we haven't even mentioned Justin Herbert yet. <laughs> like, like all of the quarterbacks who are so talented in the AFC, like, it's just absolutely stacked. But then you look at what Burroughs put together this season, and he might not be as physically gifted as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but man, that dude is fearless, and there is no stage that is too big for him. And that is like Brady esque. Uh, it's the, the well, one he's done this season so impressive. Spags in Kansas City going into the Bengals game in the regular season, you know, he, and this was still week 17, he called Joe Burrow Tom Brady like. And I, I think we were all looking at each other and being like, like, seriously? But now it's believable. And I mean, you think about him adding a ring and it's just insane to think that this is this could happen i mean that's what i i think is just hard, so hard to wrap my head around in this super bowl is like we keep picking against these guys you know at a certain point we're going to run out of games to pick against them they're just going to be the champions of the world and i i i don't even have the words to really describe that feeling of of it, it feels like an underdog team but i also think the reason that they're there and and jason you could speak to this is because joe burrow is leading them in a way that's making them feel like the LSU Tigers. That's making them feel like, you know what, we we deserve to be here. We're not underdogs. And there's such a swagger about that. I mean, how often in the NFL have we seen teams be like, look, no one believes in us. Even the New England Patriots, we would laugh at Julian Edelman when he was doing that after the five Super Bowls. Whereas Joe Burrow was like, no, 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 no. You guys shut up. Shut the hell up. We are that team right now. And I, I love that swagger. And, and that's why I think um, they have as good of a chance. I mean, I know this game, what is it, a four and a half point spread? I think they got, you know, closer to, you know, the median there, like a coin flip pick them type thing uh, that maybe Vegas is giving them credit for. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But it's just so hard to, to, count them out in this thing uh it's just i i keep talking myself into it and i've been doing it over and over and over again all week long i do jason want to ask you about the Bengals rushing attack because there is a scenario here where you know the rams defense their past defense especially with jalen ramsey and the pass rush all of that stuff kind of blends together and and helps one another out and it's what's made them such a solid defensive unit but the Bengals might be able to find some rushing possibility here like do you think there's any scenario in this game where Joe Mixon actually like where Zach Taylor decides let's feed Joe Mixon a little bit as opposed to just attacking them with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and E. Higgins and those guys? Oh, absolutely. And though this offensive line has gotten a lot of criticism, I do think they can hold up on on the ground against this Rams front. I think what you know what you saw a lot of they struggled to run the ball more than Tennessee and the Chiefs game. They were on the road. It, against absolutely rocking stadiums and that made it that always makes it hard for your offensive line to be in sync and I don't think that's going to be quite the case in this game I mean not only are the Bengals technically the home team but I feel like they're going to have a good show in there and I think a lot of you know you see the Super Bowl every year you see a lot of fans there they're just kind of neutral but you know they kind of choose like for that game a team to root for and it just seeing all these studies where it's like most of America is rooting for the Bengals I could see it being more of a like a 50 50 or maybe a 60 40 in favor of the Rams fans. And before we get out of here, Jason, I asked you the other day when we chatted uh, about the Bengals to give me one player who's kind of flying under the radar that maybe the national audience isn't super aware of. You said Sam Hubbard and, you know, we 
started talking about that that sack against the Chiefs where Patrick Mahomes was just running in circles and Sam Hubbard sacked him and forced a fumble and almost cost the Chiefs the game in regulation there. And I think that was a fantastic pick. But who's another player that maybe not all of us know a ton about, but that we should keep our eye on in Sunday Super Bowl? I mean, he probably gets a decent amount of pub, but I'd go with Tyler Boyd because where T. Higgins and Jamar Chase get most of the attention. I I think this is going to be a game if the Bengals win, you're going to see Boyd, you know, maybe catch eight to ten passes, you know, convert six or seven first downs and really keeps the chains moving. He's not going to beat you downfield for 20-plus yard gains, but he can consistently beat you over the middle, keep these drives going and really eat up the clock and keep the other team off the field. You know, I think Ramsey's going to be on Chase most of the time, and I think – I don't see Chase having a big game, and T. Higgins, it'll he'll get his passes too. But I think Tyler Boyd's the guy people really seem to be overlooking going into this game. Jason, what about McFearless? Come on, with the record, right? How many? What? How many field goals is it to 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 tie or beat the record? Is it? Three? I think he just needs yeah, like two or three more to break the record. <laughs> everyone knows McPherson though, shooter. It's like everyone <laughs> knows him. Kansas Indians know him well. I'm I'm a big McFearless guy right now. I mean, that was that was ice. That was an ice and Danes moment. I'm reading it right now. It's he's twelve of twelve. If he gets three, it'll break Adam Vinatieri's record of fourteen postseason field goals in 2006 so one of the small things i'm rooting for steve is three field goals in this game for mcfearless overnight he's just become the most popular kicker in the nfl because (laughs) it's just the legend keeps growing he's just absolutely nails uh teams are going to start adjusting their draft strategies from now on to make sure they draft kickers because he's been so good like that's right that's what that's what we're talking about in the cincinnati Bengals kicker But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show Super Bowl Roundtable. You can follow Jason at Markham89 on Twitter. You can follow Pete at PG Sween. I'm Stephen Serta. That's where you can find me. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL Show. You can review us on Apple as well as Spotify now, so please help us out over there. Uh, We got a ton of incredible content throughout the entire weekend, leading all the way up to the Super Bowl, so make sure you're locked in right here. And make sure you stick around after this. Our very own Kate Majuk sat down with Vikings running back Alexander Madison. Welcome back into the SB Nation NFL show, everybody. I am Kate Majuk, and I am pleased to be joined by Minnesota Vikings running back Alexander Madison. What's going on, Alexander? Uh, Not much, you know, just trying to, get on my grind and take care of my body, take care of my mind. Uh, everything's been going smooth so far this off season. You do have a lot of different things on your plate. Uh, we know about all of your accomplishments on the field. Uh, you've got a lot of them. You went from your hometown of San Bernardino onto Boise state. You're drafted by the Vikings and you and Dalvin cook have become one of the most exciting running back tandems in the league. We love to watch you play. Um, but you're out here like to talk about some of your off the field accomplishments and other things that you've been working on, uh, including your, I am gifted merch line with critic clothing and your latest single, which was just released last month. Mm-hmm. I want to start with your music, which is a part <laughs> of your work portfolio that not all NFL fans might be familiar with. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, a year and some, uh, probably like a year and a half ago, I just decided to, uh, my little cousin, Cam, he's, you know, getting into music and, and really uh, invested into music and he's really good. And, um, you know, I just was out here in the off season. I paid for a couple studio sessions and, and um, 
you know, he asked me to hop on a song and it was like, okay, this is kind of fun. This, you know, trying to just find a different, you know, part of myself that I really never um, was inclined to discover. And, uh, you know, I went back and that's when we didn't have a, uh, we didn't have OTAs. And so I bought studio equipment from my house and I started to learn how to engineer and how to record and, and mix and master and taught myself how to do all that. And so um, my latest single that I dropped, it was something that I just recorded at home in the basement. And uh, yeah, it's, it's music is, it's kind of a way of therapy for me. Um, kind of get away, get my mind a little free. And, uh, you know, it's all football, football, football all the time. But, you know, I always, always have, different things going on off the field as well so it's just kind of fun and uh, it's something that I'm really kind of exploring a little more I love that tell us a little bit about your stage name which is Deuce 909 909 is an uh, obvious reference to your San Bernardino area how did you come upon Deuce 909 because I feel like establishing Mm -hmm. that name is like that that's a key part of your identity moving forward as an artist and I have to Mm -hmm. imagine that choosing that identity is like very big decision yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I had the, the nickname Deuce already, um, you know, the running back room that's they call me Deuce. And, uh, you know, going from when I was younger, I was number two. And then uh, high school and college, I wore 22. So, um, you know, the, the Deuce was always there. But I had noticed there was like eight other Deuces on Apple Music. <laughs> and and my music was getting mixed up on different YouTube uh, playlists and different artist pages and and so probably about three songs four songs in I decided I was going to just change it to Deuce 909 and you know it just worked because you know 909 something that I hold dear to me and then no one else had the name (laughs) (laughs) I love that I love the um just you know patronage to your hometown I listen to a lot of your music and the tone of your music it's a lot of positivity it's a lot about the grinding mentality just real life, what kind of music besides your own uh, helps to provide you that kind of motivation that you're hoping to inspire with other people? Oh man. Um, that's a good question. Cause a lot of the music I listen to, um, doesn't really have a specific, you know, uh, message, um, related to all of it. You know, I listen to a little bit like little baby, um, little dirt or some rod wave, K camp, um, a couple of different, bunch of different artists um but I think it really kind of stems from uh like what you know what I am gifted is all about is that love and positivity and um you know it just it just happens to come to me you know when a beat comes on sometimes it just resonates with me something that I've been through or something that you know I've experienced with somebody and um and so that kind of just lets me you know enter a space where you know that love and positivity that that light comes out and um yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome that, you know, to hear feedback uh, that you hear that in, in my music. Oh, it's, it's like a, a very strong tone. And I, I think we need a lot more of that positivity moving forward, uh, just in all walks of our life. One more question about music, and then we have to dive into your merch line. I want to ask, is there a must listen song uh, that you have slated in for like your pregame warmups that gets you hyped? Or are you just like a, a chill, you can listen to whatever? what kind of guy are you and if you have one of those songs what is it um it's it's a it's a combination of of that there's a uh there's a combination of different songs that i listen to one i would have to say is uh 
Cry to You by K Camp. Uh, that one just kind of speaks to me on game day. Um, yeah, that, that's one that I, that I always have on my playlist. All right. Not a song that I'm familiar with, <laughs> but I got it written down. I'm going to I'm going to add it to my next playlist. Um, now, yeah. of course, let's talk about your merch line. I am gifted. That tagline is at the, you know, at the center of pretty much everything you do from your music to your line. How did uh, that line come about and how did that, you know, sort of tagline come to be the inspiration for all of your work and your merch line? Uh, well, you know, it started off with the idea that, um, you know, I had my logo, uh, the AM, and I wanted my brand to be more than just merchandise, more than just uh, a logo slapped on some T-shirts to sell, um, but more of something like a movement more something that people can be proud of, something that people can relate to, something that people can turn to. Um, not so much as just, you know, grabbing a shirt out their closet and throwing it on because it has, you know, it's Alexander Madison's clothing line, but I am gifted as, as itself um, is, is more than that. It's a movement. It's about spreading love and positivity. It's about letting everyone know that you have a gift and that you just have to find it, embrace it and use it to shed some light into the world. So, you know, it's really, um, to me, it's really that something that I hold dear to my, dear to my heart because um, I'm doing so much more with it. You know, um, football camps, free football camps in the summer. Uh, we did a, uh, a health and wealth seminar um, this past season. It was four weeks of uh, virtual financial literacy, mental health awareness, and, um, you know, just doing things like that, just giving back to the community and just uplifting people. And just, I think that, like you said, we need some more of that in this world. And so hopefully I'm gifted can grow to be a movement that a lot of people can get behind and a lot of people can understand the mindset of it and use it in their everyday life. I'm a huge believer that confidence can kind of make or break you on any given day. So I do think that having that, that message on your t-shirt, every time you look in the mirror, such a good reminder that we all have these special gifts, special talents, and uh, it really does just coming uh, come down to remembering that on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm uh, all about the King of the Jungle t-shirt in your collection. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be ordering mine as soon as we hang up. But uh, <laughs> pick your favorite piece that I'll add to my order. Uh, what's your favorite piece out of your entire collection? And why do people mm-hmm. need to check it out? Well, I got some new favorites on the way. Um, we have some stuff in the works that we're going to try and drop uh, this month. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but, um, you know, the classic, the gold and, and silver foil is always, a um, a go-to for me. Um, but the, the mint hoodie has been a really big, uh, favorite. I, I love how it looks. I love how it fits. And, um, it's been one of the things we sold out twice of it. So we brought it back again. Um, and yeah, you know, the King of the jungle of course is, is something, uh, that I had to come up with and, and hone in on because, for me, you know, making it out of San Bernardino, um, you know, it's, it doesn't happen often. So, you know, the, the quote unquote term making it out the jungle um, is really kind of where that came from. Well, congratulations on all you've done. I, I, this is like super awesome to see you finding all this success. Obviously, we do have to say one thing about the Super Bowl. We're all going to be watching Super Bowl 56 this weekend featuring the Rams and the Bengals Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell is all, but like officially inked in to become the Vikings next head coach. How does seeing what he's accomplished with Sean McVay this season and the rest of the Rams offense to lead them to super bowl 56. How does that get you amped for what's to come in 2022 and beyond? 
Well, that that definitely is um, exciting news. I I really didn't wasn't uh, aware of of you know the the, uh, the progress we're making on the uh, coaching selections, but um, yeah, that's that's exciting to hear. That's exciting to see. You know, they've they've done a great job this year. Um, even playing against them, you know, they're a great team. Um, so you know, I'm actually pulling for them uh, in the Super Bowl. So. Uh, so you do have a favorite. Okay. Done. Okay. So anybody, yeah. uh, any betters out there, uh, I'm going <laughs> to take a line from Alexander Madison himself. I, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us, Alex. I really appreciate all your time. Everybody be sure to check out his line, his merch line. I am gifted. It's available at criticclothing.com. He's got everything from t-shirts, hoodies, beanies. And I, I think there's even a Alexander Madison bobblehead currently sold out that I hope makes its way back. Uh, and also be sure to check out his latest single E60. You could find that on Apple music, Spotify, wherever you listen. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.